0: Hello, and welcome to another session of readings from Time Magazine. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print-impaired, and materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. My name is Nancy Porter, and this week we are reading from two different issues of Time Magazine – about the advancements in the technology field of artificial intelligence. Article number one is from the time issue of February 13th through 20th, 2023, and the title is The Quantum Leap. Quantum computing will be transforming our world and create a 21st century space race. This is by Charlie Campbell, Yorktown Heights, New York, and additional reporting by Leslie Dickstein. One of the secrets to building the world's most powerful computer is probably perched by your bathroom sink. At IBM's Thomas J. Watson Research Center in New York State's Westchester County, scientists always keep a box of dental floss. Reach is the preferred brand close by in case they need to tinker with their oil-drum-sized quantum computers, the latest of which can complete certain tasks millions of times as fast as your laptop. Inside the shimmering aluminum canister of IBM System 1, which sits shielded by the same kind of protective glass as the Mona Lisa painting, are three cylinders of diminishing circumference, rather like a set of Russian dolls. Together, these encase a chandelier of looping silver wires that cascade through chunky gold plates to a quantum chip in the base. To work properly, this chip requires supercooling to 0.015 kelvins, a smidgen above absolute zero, and colder than outer space. Most materials contract or grow brittle and snap under such intense chill. But ordinary dental floss, it turns out, maintains its integrity remarkably well if you need to secure wayward wires. But only the unwaxed, unflavored kind, says Jay Gambetta, IBM's vice president of Quantum. Otherwise, released vapors mess everything up. It's curiously homespun. It's a curiously homespun facet of a technology that is set to transform pretty much everything. Quantum's unique ability to crunch stacks of data is already optimizing the routes of thousands of fuel tankers traversing the globe, helping decide which ICU patients require the most urgent care, and mimicking chemical processes at the atomic level to better design new materials. It also promises to supercharge artificial intelligence with the power to better train algorithms that can finally turn driverless cars and drone taxis into a reality. Quantum AI simulations exhibit a degree of effectiveness and efficiency that is mind-boggling, U.S. National Cyber District Chris Inglis tells Time magazine. Quantum's early adopters are asset management firms for which incorporating quantum calculations involves few increased overhead costs. But commercial uses aren't far behind. Spanish firm Multiverse Computing has run successful pilot projects with multinational clients like BASF and Bosch to show its quantum algorithms can double foreign exchange trading profits and catch almost four times as many production line defects. Quantum deep learning algorithms are completely different from classical ones, says Multiverse CEO Enrique Laszlo Olmos. You can train them faster, try more strategies, and they are much better at getting the correlations that matter from a lot of data. Tech giants from Google to Amazon and Alibaba not to mention nation-states vying for technological supremacy, are racing to dominate this space. The global quantum computing industry is projected to grow from $4.12 million in 2020 to $8.6 billion in 2027, according to an international data corporation analysis. Whereas traditional computers rely on binary bits, switches either on or off, denoted as ones and zeros, to process information, the qubits that underpin quantum computing are tiny subatomic particles that can exist in some percentage of both states simultaneously, rather like a coin spinning in midair. This leap from dual to multivariate processing exponentially boosts computing power. Complex problems that currently take the most powerful supercomputer several years could potentially be solved in seconds. Future quantum computers could open hitherto unfathomable frontiers in mathematics and science, helping to solve existential challenges like climate change and food security. A flurry of recent breakthroughs and government investment means we now sit on the cusp of a quantum revolution. I believe we will do more in the next five years in quantum innovation than we did in the last 30 years, says Gambetta. But any disruptor comes with risks, and quantum has become a national security migraine. Its problem-solving capacity will soon render all existing cryptography obsolete, jeopardizing communications, financial transactions, and even military defenses. People describe quantum as a new space race, says Dan O'Shea, operations manager for Inside Quantum Technology, an industry publication. In October, U.S. President Joe Biden toured IBM's quantum data center in Poughkeepsie, New York, calling quantum vital to our economy and equally important to our national security. In this new era of great power competition, China and the United States are particularly hell-bent on conquering the technology, lest they lose vital ground. This technology is going to be the next industrial revolution, says Tony Utley, president and COO for Quantinuum, a Colorado-based firm that offers commercial quantum applications. It's like the beginning of the Internet, or the beginning of classical computing. If anything, it's surprising that traditional computing has taken us so far. From the tailblazing Apple II of the late 1970s, to today's smartphones and supercomputers, all processors break down tasks into binary. But life is so complex that rendering information in such a rudimentary manner is like playing a Rachmaninoff concerto in Morse code. Quantum is also more in tune with nature. Molecules, the building blocks of the universe, are multiple atoms bound together by electrons that exist as part of each. The way these electrons essentially occupy two states at the same time is what quantum particles replicate, presenting applications for natural and material sciences by predicting how drugs interact with the human body or how substances perform under corrosion. Traditional manufacturing takes calculated guesses to make breakthroughs through trial and error. By mirroring the natural world, quantum should allow advances to be purposefully designed. While the world's biggest companies, alongside hundreds of startups, are clamoring to harness quantum, IBM has emerged in recent years as the industry leader. Today, the firm has over 60 functioning quantum computers, more than the rest of the world combined, and a roster of collaborators that include titans of practically every industry from ExxonMobil to Sony. It's a welcome return to technology's zenith for the storied firm, founded over a century ago to produce tabulating machines fed with punch cards. In recent years, IBM had fallen behind rivals like Apple and Microsoft by not seizing the initiative with cloud computing and AI. Quantum offers some redemption. It's great to be back at the top again, says one executive. It's no secret that we let things slip by not jumping on the cloud. In November, IBM unveiled its new 433-qubit Osprey chip the world's most powerful quantum processor, the speed of which, if represented in traditional bits, would far exceed the total number of atoms in the known universe. IBM has more than 20 quantum computers available on its open-source quantum toolkit, QuizKit, which has been downloaded more than 450,000 times to date. In order to build an industry around quantum, some machines are free to use, while paying clients such as startups and scholars can access more powerful ones remotely on a lease basis. IBM has a bold roadmap to launch a 1,121-qubit processor this year and, by 2025, surpass 4,000 qubits by creating modular quantum circuits that link multiple processor chips in the same computer. Modularity is a big inflection point, says Dario Gill, IBM senior vice president and director of research. We now have a way to engineer machines that will have tens of thousands of qubits. Quantum's industrial uses are boundless. Inside IBM's headquarters in Munich, there stands a wall that gives vehicle designers sleepless nights. Creating a new car model from scratch takes at least four years. First, designers use computer-aided styling to sketch an exterior that combines beauty with practicality. Next, a scale model is carved in clay and placed in a wind tunnel to assess aerodynamics. After countless decisions on interior, engine performance, and so on, comes the ultimate test. A prototype is driven at 35 miles per hour into that fabled wall to test how it performs in a crash. Should the car fail to meet various safety criteria, it's back to the drawing board. This is where quantum can help, by accurately predicting how complex materials of different shapes will perform under stress. Robust simulated crash tests can save up to six months in the whole process, says Karsten Saipia, Vice President of Strategy Governance and IT Security at BMW Group, which has partnered with French Quantum from Pascal. Quantum computing will also help us find the new optimum between design, maximum interior space, and best aerodynamics. That's just the start. Modern business teams with optimization problems that are ideally suited to quantum algorithms and could save time, energy, and resources. We're not just building the technology. We have to enable the workforce to use it, explains Katie Pizzolato, IBM's Director of Quantum Strategy and Application Research. Sapia says finding uses for the technology is easy. The challenge will be ensuring that all divisions of BMW are able to utilize it. Already, BMW is unable to communicate from Europe to its cars in China for driving software maintenance and monitoring because of increasingly strict curbs on the transfer of data across borders. In the future... We will rely on everywhere in the world having access to quantum technology to run our business, says Sapia. So how can we get it up so no matter what happens on a geopolitical scale that we still have access to this technology? Over the past few years, quantum has moved from a footnote to the top of the global security agenda. To date, 17 countries have national quantum strategies and four more are developing them. China has invested an estimated $25 billion in quantum research since the mid-1980s, according to Quantum Computing Report. Its top quantum scientist, Pan Jiuwei, led the launch of the first world quantum satellite in 2016, and in 2021, unveiled a then-record-breaking 56-qubit quantum computer. China's 14th five-year plan, published in March of 2021, made mastery of quantum a policy priority. The blurred line between industry and national security in China gives them an advantage, says David Spurk, former chief data officer at the Department of Defense. In response, The White House in May published a national security memorandum that ordered all federal agencies to transition to post-quantum security, owing to significant risks to economic and national security. Given that upgrading critical infrastructure can take decades, and literally everything connected to the Internet is at risk, the impetus is to act now. We realize that while quantum is wonderful for humanity, the first thing people are going to do is weaponize these systems, says Skip Sanzeri, founder and COO of Q Secure, a post-quantum cybersecurity firm enlisted by the U.S. military and federal government to handle what he says could be a $1 trillion cybersecurity upgrade. Still, Spirk worries that the U.S. risks falling behind and is calling for a Manhattan Project-like focus on quantum. Of the over $30 billion spent globally on quantum last year, according to the World Economic Forum, China accounted for roughly half, and the European Union almost a quarter. The U.S. National Quantum Initiative, meanwhile, spent just $1.2 billion, a figure Spurt calls trivial, against $1 trillion in total defense spending. This is not a coming wave, he says. It's here. The stakes couldn't be higher. Today, practically all cybersecurity, whether WhatsApp messages, bank transfers, or digital handshakes, is based on RSA, an asymmetric cryptography algorithm used to safely transfer data. But while a regular computer needs billions of years to crack RSA, a fast quantum computer would take just hours. In December, a team of scientists in China published a paper that claimed it had a quantum algorithm that could break RSA with a 372-qubit computer, though its conclusions are hotly debated. The race is now on to devise post-quantum security, a job that falls to the U.S. National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST. In 2016, NIST announced a competition for programmers to propose new post-quantum encryption algorithms. The results were mixed. One of the finalists, announced on July 5th of 2022, has since been cracked by a regular laptop in a little over an hour. In some ways, it's already too late. Even though quantum computers, powerful enough to crack RSA, are a few years away from being openly available, hackers are already seizing and storing sensitive data in the knowledge that they will be able to access via quantum very soon. Every day that you don't convert to a quantum-safe protocol, there is no recovery plan, Gill says. The war in Ukraine has also served as a wake-up call. It is history's first hot conflict to begin with cyber attacks, as Russia targeted vital communications and infrastructure to lay the groundwork for its military assault. Public services, energy grids, media, banks, businesses, and nonprofit organizations were subjected to a cyber blitzkrieg, impacting the distribution of medicines and food, and relief supplies. Modern warfare and national security mechanisms are grounded in the speed and precision of decision-making. If your computer is faster than theirs, you win. It's pretty simple, says Spierke. Quantum is that next leap. But malign intentions are just one hazard. With the U.S. embroiled in a new Cold War, it's also unclear if China and Russia would adopt new NIST protocols, not least since in the past RSA cryptography has allegedly been breached by the U.S. National Security Agency. In September, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said quantum would have an outsized importance over the coming decade, adding that export controls could be used to maintain U.S. advantage. Competing post-quantum security standards across Washington's and Beijing's spheres of influence have the potential to cleave the world into divergent blocks with grave implications for global trade. The balkanization of what we know today as a free and open internet is distinctly possible, Inglis says. The trepidation surrounding quantum doesn't stem solely from security risks. We, must classic, we trust classical computers in part because we can verify their computations with pen and paper. But quantum computers involve such arcane physics and deal with such complex problems that traditional verification is extremely tricky. For now, it's possible to simulate many quantum com- calculations on a tra- traditional supercomputer to check the outcome. But soon will come a time when trusting a quantum computer will require a leap of faith. Trusting building across the entire ecosystem right now is really important, says Utley. Boeing, for one, has been working with IBM's quantum team since 2020 on designing new materials for its next generation of aircraft. But given the colossal reputational stakes... The firm is in no rush. The modeling tools that we use to design our airplanes are closely monitored, says Jay Lowell, chief engineer for disruptive computing and networks at Boeing. To turn quantum into an operational code is a huge, huge hurdle. One that IBM knows only too well. But by making its quantum computers open-source, and welcoming academics and entrepreneurs from all over. The firm hopes to mitigate the hesitancy. As Gill puts it, this is a new frontier of humanity. The next article is titled Keeping AI in Check. It is also from the same issue of Time Magazine, the February 13th through February 20th. Keeping AI in Check. Why GP? Why Chats, GPT's creator, is pro-regulation. By John Simons Somehow, Myra Murati can forthrightly discuss the dangers of AI while making you feel like it's all going to be okay. Mirati is Chief Technology Officer at OpenAI, leading the teams behind dall e which uses AI to create artwork based on prompts, and ChatGPT, the wildly popular AI chatbot that can answer complex questions with eerily human-like skill. ChatGPT captured the public imagination upon its release in late November. While some schools are banning it, Microsoft announced a $10 billion investment in the company, and Google issued a Code Red, fretting that the technology could disrupt its search business. As with other revolutions that we've gone through, there will be new jobs and some jobs will be lost. Mirati told Trevor Noah last fall of the impact of AI. But I'm optimistic. For most of January, ChatGPT surpassed Bitcoin among popular search terms according to Google Trends. All the attention has meant the privately held San Francisco-based startup th- with 375 employees and little in the way of revenue now has a valuation of roughly 30 billion dollars. Murati spoke to Time magazine about ChatGPT's biggest weakness, the software's untapped potential, and why it's time to move forward. Why it's my time to move toward regulating artificial intelligence. First, I want to congratulate you and your team on the recent news that ChatGPT scored a passing grade on a U.S. medical licensing exam, a Wharton Business School MBA exam, and four major universities' law school exams. Does it feel like you have a brilliant child? Answer, we weren't anticipating this level of excitement for putting our child in the world. We, in fact, even had some trepidations about putting it out there. I'm curious to see the areas where it'll start generating utility for people and not just novelty and pure curiosity. Question. I asked GPT for a good question to ask you. Here's what it said. What are some of the limitations or challenges you have encountered while working with ChatGPT, and how have you overcome them? Answer, that's a good question. ChatGPT is essentially a large conversational model, a big neural net that's been trained to predict the next word. And the challenges with it are similar to challenges we see with the base large language models. It may make up facts. Question. In a very confident way to? Answer. Yes. This is actually a core challenge. We picked dialogue specifically because dialogue is a way to interact with a model and give it feedback. If we think that the answer of the model is incorrect, we can say, Are you sure? I think, actually, dot, 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 and then the model has an opportunity to go back and forth with you, similar to how we would converse with another human being. Question. Truly, groundbreaking technologies solve a problem. What problem is chat GPT solving? Answer. Right now, it's in the research review stage, so I don't want to speak with high confidence on what problems it is solving but I think that we can see that it has the potential to really revolutionize the way we learn. People are in classrooms of, say, 30 people. Everyone has different backgrounds, ways of learning, and everyone is getting basically the same curriculum. With tools like ChatGPT, you can endlessly converse with a model to understand a concept in a way that is catered to your level of understanding. It has immense potential to help us with personalized education. Question But some schools are chat are banning chat GPT. Does this surprise you? Answer When we're developing these technologies, we're really pushing toward general intelligence, general capabilities with high reliability, and doing so safely. But When you open it up to as many people as possible with different backgrounds and domain expertise, you'll definitely get surprised by the kinds of things that they do with the technology, both on the positive front and the negative front. Question. A growing number of leaders in the field are warning of the dangers of artificial intelligence. Do you have any misgivings about the technology? Answer. This is a unique moment in time where we do have agency in how it shapes society. And it goes both ways. The technology it shapes us and we shape it. There are a lot of hard problems to figure out. How do you get the model to do the thing you want it to do? And how do you make sure it's aligned with human intuition and ultimately in service of humanity? There are also a ton of questions around societal impact. And there are a lot of ethical and philosophical questions that we need to consider. And it's important that we bring in different voices, like philosophers, social scientists, artists, and people from the humanities. Question. What's the key ethical or philosophical question that we still need to figure out? Answer. Artificial intelligence can be misused, or it can be used by bad actors. So then there are questions about how you govern the use of this technology globally. How do you govern the use of artificial intelligence in a way that's aligned with human values? Question, do you think these questions should be left to companies like yours? Or should governments get involved in creating regulations? Answer, it's important for OpenAI and companies like ours to bring this into the public consciousness in a way that's controlled and responsible. But we're a small group of people, and we need a ton more input in this system and a lot more input that goes beyond the technologies. Definitely regulators and governments and everybody else. Last question. There's always a fear that government involvement can slow innovation. Don't you think it's too early for policymakers and regulators to get involved? Answer, it's not too early. It's very important for everyone to start getting involved, given the impact these technologies are going to have. And the last article from this Time issue of February 13th through 20th is titled Progress Has Its Risk by Pat Gelsinger who is the chief executive officer of Intel. We must not blindly follow innovation. 55 years ago, a sentient supercomputer struck fear into millions of moviegoers with a chilling phrase. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. The trope of artificial intelligence as the plot twist in Stanley Kubrick's futuristic dystopia, 2001 A Space Odyssey, is entertaining. The reality is far more mundane, yet crucial. We must ensure AI technology advances responsibly. Industries and global leaders must work together to shape our technological future while advancements are in early development by coming together to create new possibilities that bring out the best in our human selves. AI has already created global change and provided us with powerful tools. It has the potential to enable a responsible, inclusive, and sustainable future. We harness the power of artificial intelligence to tackle critical global challenges like pandemics, natural disasters, and global public health. And, we are developing AI capabilities and solutions to amplify human potential, enhance inclusion, and improve accessibility for people with disabilities. When we create something new, it is incumbent upon us to ask, have I made society better or worse? If the technology cannot be proved to be good, the engineering remains incomplete. Only when it's demonstrably and repeatedly better than any non-AI experience can it become a new standard. There must always be a scientific and data-driven basis for the introduction of technology, specifically AI, and governance that guides the journey. Neutral is akin to negative in the early phases. We have experienced some darkness and the tumult of the past couple of years showing us how simple it is to find our world teetering on the edge of a pervasive tech for bad. We cannot let ourselves blindly follow economic and algorithmic innovations run amuck. We cannot chase metrics like click-through rates or time-on websites. Technology must Consistently demonstrate outcomes superior to existing human results and provide improvised experience. When it comes to innovation, the question is no longer if something can be done, but why. AI is already performing human tasks that used to be difficult to achieve with traditional computing. Machines will soon make more decisions than humans. Our role as humans is to make sure those decisions are better and more ethical by utilizing rigorous, collaborative, multidisciplinary peer review processes throughout the development lifecycle, establishing diverse development teams to reduce biases. We must also acknowledge potential ethical and human rights risks associated with the development of AI technology and we are constantly in a race between positive and negative outcomes. We can mitigate potentially harmful uses of AI while also anticipating the law of unanticipated consequences for when technology is both a problem and a solution. Technology itself is inherently neutral. We must constantly shape it as a force for good. The technology industry must serve as the role model for companies across all industries, making breakthroughs using systems enhanced with AI technology. When built and used responsibly, AI will create prosperity and enrich lives. Tomorrow will be the better for it. Now I'm moving to part two. And this article is from the February 27th, March 6th issue. Title, The AI arms race is changing everything. Tech companies are betting big on artificial intelligence. Are they making the same old mistakes? This is by Andrew R. Chow and Billy Perigo. Or Perigo, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the name with reporting by Leslie Dickstein and Mariah Espada in New York. To create is human. For the past 300,000 years, we've been unique in our ability to make art, cuisine, manifestos, societies, to envision and craft something new where there was nothing before. Now we have company. While you are reading this sentence or listening to this sentence, Artificial intelligence programs are painting cosmic portraits, responding to emails, preparing tax returns, and recording metal songs. They're writing pitch decks, debugging code, sketching architectural blueprints, and providing health advice. Artificial intelligence has already had a pervasive impact on our lives. AIs are used to price medicine and houses, assemble cars, Determine what ads we see on social media. But generative AI, a category of system that can be prompted to create wholly novel content, is much newer. This shift marks the most important technological breakthrough since social media. Generative AI tools have been adopted ravenously in recent months by a curious, astounding public thanks to programs like ChatGPT, which responds coherently, but not always accurately, to virtually any question, and Dal-E, which allows you to conjure any image you dream up. In January, ChatGPT reached 100 million monthly users, a faster rate of adoption than Instagram or TikTok. Hundreds of similarly astonishing generative AIs are clamoring for adoption, from mid-journey to stable diffusion to GitHub's co-pilot, which allows you to turn simple instructions into computer code. Proponents believe this is just the beginning. The generative AI will reorient the way we work and engage with the world, unlock creativity and scientific discoveries, And allow humanity to achieve previously unimaginable feats. Forecasters at PwC predict that artificial intelligence could boost the global economy by over $15 trillion by 2030. This frenzy appeared to catch off guard even the tech companies that have invested billions of dollars in artificial intelligence and has spurred an intense arms race in Silicon Valley. In a matter of weeks, Microsoft and Alphabet-owned Google have shifted their entire corporate strategies in order to seize control of what they believe will become a new infrastructure layer of the economy. Microsoft is investing $10 billion in OpenAI, creator of ChatGPT and Dal-E, and announced plans to integrate Generative AI into its office software and search engine, Bing. Google declared a code red corporate emergency in response to the success of ChatGPT and rushed its own search-oriented chat box, titled BARD, to market. A race starts today, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said on February 7th, throwing down the gauntlet at Google's door. We're going to move, and move fast. Wall Street has responded with similar fervor, with analysts upgrading the stocks of companies that mention AI in their plans and punishing those with shaky AI product rollouts. While the technology is real, a financial bubble is expanding around it rapidly, with investors betting big that generative AI could be as market-shaking as Microsoft Windows 95 or the first iPhone. But this frantic gold rush could also prove catastrophic. As companies hurry to improve the tech and profit from the boom, research about keeping these tools safe is taking a backseat. In a winner-takes-all battle for power, big tech and their venture capitalist backers risk repeating past mistakes, including social media's cardinal sin, which is prioritizing growth over safety. While there are many potentially utopian aspects of these new technologies, even tools designed for good can have unforeseen and devastating consequences. This is the story of how the gold rush began and what history tells us about what could happen next. In fact, generative AI knows the problems of social media all too well. AI research labs have kept versions of these tools behind closed doors for several years while they studied their potential dangers from misinformation and hate speech to the unwitting creation of snowballing geopolitical crises. That conversation stemmed in part from the unpredictability of the neural network, the computing paradigm that modern AI is based on, which is inspired by the human brain. Instead of the traditional approach to computer programming, which relies on precise sets of instructions yielding predictable results, neural networks effectively teach themselves to spot patterns in data. The more data and computing power these networks are fed, the more capable they tend to become. In the early 2010s, Silicon Valley woke up to the idea that neural networks were a far more promising route to powerful AI than old-school programming. But the early AIs were painfully susceptible to parroting the biases in their training data, spitting out misinformation and hate speech. When Microsoft unveiled its chat box, Tay, in 2016, it took less than 24 hours for it to tweet, Hitler was right, I hate the Jews, and that feminists should all die and burn in hell. Open AI's 2020 predecessor to ChatGPT exhibited similar levels of racism and misogyny the AI boom really began to take off around 2020, turbocharged by several crucial breakthroughs in neural network design, the growing availability of data, and the willingness of tech companies to pay for gargantuan levels of computing power. But the weak spots remained, and the history of embarrassing AI stumbles made many companies, including Google, Meta, and OpenAI. Mostly reluctant to publicly release their cutting edge models. In April of 2022, OpenAI announced DAL E2, a text to image AI model that could generate photorealistic imagery. But it initially restricted the release to a waitlist of trusted users whose usage would, OpenAI said, help it to understand and address the biases that DAL E has inherited from its training data. Even though OpenAI had onboarded 1 million users to Dal-E by July, many researchers in the wider AI community had grown frustrated by OpenAI and other AI companies' look-but-don't-touch approach. In August 2022, a scrappy London-based startup named Stability AI went rogue, and released a text-to-image tool called Stable Diffusion to the masses. Releasing AI tools publicly would, according to a growing school of thought, allow developers to collect valuable data from users and give society more time to prepare for the drastic changes advanced AI would bring. Stable Diffusion quickly became the talk of the Internet. Millions of users were enchanted by its ability to create art seemingly from scratch, and the tool's outputs consistently achieved by virality as its users experimented with different prompts and concepts. You had this generative Pandora's box that opened, says Nathan Benayek, an investor and co-author of the 2020 publication State of AI Report. It shocked OpenAI and Google, because now the world was able to use tools that they had gated. It put everything on overdrive. OpenAI quickly followed suit by throwing open doors to Dal-E too. Then in November, it released ChatGPT to the public, reportedly in order to beat out looming competition. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman emphasized in interviews, that the more people used AI programs, the faster they would improve. Users immediately flocked to both OpenAI and its competitors. AI-generated images flooded social media and one even won an art competition. Movie editors began using AI-assisted software for Hollywood hits like Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Architects are developing AI blueprints. Coders are writing AI-based scripts. Publications are releasing AI quizzes and articles. Venture capitalists took notice and have thrown over a billion dollars at AI companies that might unlock the next great productivity boost. Chinese tech giants Baidu and Alibaba announced chatbox of their own, boosting their share prices. Microsoft, Google, and Meta, meanwhile, are taking the frenzy to extreme levels. While each has stressed the importance of AI for years, they all appeared surprised by the dizzying surge in attention and usage and now seem to be prioritizing speed over safety. In February, Google announced plans to release its chat GPT rival titled BARD and according to the New York Times said in a presentation that it will recalibrate the level of risk it is willing to take when releasing tools based on AI technology. And in Meta's recent quarterly earnings call, CEO Mark Zuckerberg declared his aim for the company to become a leader in generative AI. In this rush, mistakes and harms from tech have risen, and so has the backlash. When Google demonstrated Bard, one of its responses contained a factual error about the Web Space Telescope, and Alphabet's stock cratered immediately after. Microsoft's Bing is also prone to returning false results. Deep fakes, realistic yet false images or videos created with AI, are being used to harass people or spread misinformation. One widely shared video showed a shockingly convincing version of Joe Biden condemning transgender people. And companies, including Stability AI, are facing lawsuits from artists and rights holders who object to their work being used to train AI models without their permission. As worrying as these current issues are, they pale in comparison with what could emerge next if this race continues to accelerate. Many of the choices being made by big tech companies today mirror those they made in previous eras, which had devastating ripple effects. Social media, the Valley's last truly world-changing innovation, carries the first valuable lesson. It was built on the promise that connecting people would make our societies healthier and individuals happier. More than a decade later, we can see that its failures came not from that welcome connectedness, but the way the tech companies monetized it by slowly warping our news feeds to optimize for engagement, keeping us scrolling through viral content interspersed with targeted online advertising. True social connection has become increasingly sparse on our feeds. At the same time, our societies have been left to deal with the second-order implications, a gutted news business, a rise in misinformation, and a skyrocketing teen mental health crisis. It's not hard to see AI's integration into big tech products is going down the same road. Alphabet and Microsoft are most interested in how AI will make their search engines more valuable and have shown demonstrations of Google and Big in which the first results users see are AI created. But Margaret Mitchell, chief ethics scientist at the AI development platform Hugging Face, argues that search engines are the absolute worst way to use generative AI because it gets things wrong so often. Mitchell says the actual strengths of AIs like chat GPD, assisting with creativity, ideation, and menial tasks, are being sidelined in favor of shoehorning the technology into money-making machines for tech giants. If search engines successfully integrate AI, that subtle shift could decimate the many businesses that rely on search, either for ad traffic or business referrals. Nadella, Microsoft's CEO, has said the new AI-oriented Bing search engine will drive more traffic, and therefore revenue, to publishers and advertisers. But like the brewing pushback against AI-generated art, many in the media... Now fear a future where tech giants elaborate chatbots cannibalize content from news sites providing nothing in return. The question of how AI companies will monetize their projects also looms large. For now, most are free to use because their creators are following the Silicon Valley playbook of charging little or nothing per products to crowd out competition subsidized by huge investment from venture capital firms. While unsuccessful companies adopting this strategy slowly bleed money, the winners often end up with vice-like grips on markets they can control as they see fit. Right now, ChatGPT is adless and free to use. It's also burning a hole in OpenAI's pocketbook. Each individual chat costs the company single-digit cents, according to its CEO. The company's ability to weather huge losses right now, thanks partly to Microsoft's largesse, gives it a huge competitive advantage. In February, OpenAI brought in a $20 monthly charge for a subscription tier of the chat box. Google already prioritizes paid ads in search results. It's not much of a leap to imagine it doing it the same with AI-generated results. If humans come to rely on artificial intelligence for information, it will be increasingly difficult to tell what is real, what is factual, what is an ad, and what is completely made up. As profit takes precedence over safety, some technologists and philosophers warn of existential risk. The explicit goal of many of these AI companies, including OpenAI, is to create an Artificial General Intelligence, or AGI, that can think and learn more efficiently than humans. If future AIs gain the ability to rapidly improve themselves without human guidance or intervention, they could potentially wipe out humanity. An oft-sighted thought experiment is that of an AI that following a command to maximize the number of paper clips it can produce makes itself into a world-dominating superintelligence that harvests all the carbon at its disposal, including from all life on Earth. In a 2022 survey of AI researchers, Nearly half of the respondents said that there was a 10% or greater chance that AI could lead to such a catastrophe. Inside the most cutting-age AI labs, a few technicians are working to ensure that AIs, if they eventually surpass human intelligence, are aligned with human values. They are designed to be benevolent gods, not spiteful ones. But only around 80 to 120 researchers in the world are working full-time on AI alignment, according to an estimate shared with Time magazine by Conjecture, an AI safety organization. Meanwhile, thousands of engineers are working on expanding capabilities as the AI arms race heats up. When it comes to very powerful technologies, and obviously AI is going to be one of the most powerful ever, we need to be careful. Demis Hassabis, CEO of Google-owned AI lab DeepMind, told Time magazine late last year, Not everybody is thinking about those things. It's like experimentalists, many of whom don't realize they're holding dangerous material. Even if computer scientists succeed in making sure the AIs don't wipe us out, their increasing centrality to the global economy could make the big tech companies that control it vastly more powerful. They could become not just the richest corporations in the world, charging whatever they want for commercial use of this critical infrastructure, but also geopolitical actors to rival nation-states. The leaders of OpenAI and DeepMind have hinted that they would like the wealth and power emanating from AI to be somehow redistributed. The big tech executives who control the purse strings, on the other hand, are primarily accountable to their shareholders. Of course, many Silicon Valley technologies that promised to change the world haven't. We're not all living in the metaverse, Crypto bros who goaded meta adopters to have fun staying poor are nursing their losses or even languishing behind prison bars. The streets of cities around the world are littered with the detritus of failed e-scooter startups. But while AI has been subject to a similar level of breathless hype, the difference is the technology behind all AI is already useful to consumers and getting better at a breakneck pace. AI's computational power is doubling every six to ten months, researchers say. It is exactly this immense power that makes the current moment so electrifying and so dangerous. And that comes to the end of our coverage of Time Magazine for this session. Remember please that materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers and are provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. My name is Nancy Porter and it has been my pleasure to share Time Magazine technology section with you.